Almost a weekend and you don't know what to do Or you just need something fun to listen to Southside Pod! Yes, we're on the Southside air Pod. And the gang's all here, all things on the Southside We're listening to the Southside Pod Looking for the best Southside breweries Or you might just need an awesome place to eat Green, Blue Island, Beverly, pay listen, all sub to your tuned in to the Southside Pod. Southside Pod! Oak Lawn, Midlothian, Oak Forest, Chicago Ridge, Flossmore, and Bridgeview, you're listening to Southside Pod! And belly and up to my nine foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris, Bill, and Mike. You're going to hear more of them next week. Okay, you might hear a little bit of them today. Uh, it's been a while since I've had them down here at the bar. I feel bad about it. Don't worry though; they're going to be back in full force after this episode. Them not being here gives me an opportunity to get two really great guests in here. One started a brand new business in Palos Heights. We're going to learn about, and the other one was given to me by our sponsor of Southside Pod, Tom Walsh, your Edward Jones financial advisor. He takes care of my money, Bill's money. He's helping out during some very uncertain financial times. I trust Tom. You can too. Find out what he can do for you by calling 773-779-0023 or stop in at the corner of 111th and Kedzie to that big Edward Jones office. I think it's kind of cool to bring in what I believe to be a, a pretty big name. Uh, and if Southsiders don't know about Ken Gar, you're gonna because he's got himself a comedy special on Amazon Prime, which means a lot of people are watching this guy tell jokes. And he's got a really interesting story about how he went from being a Southsider. Uh, he grew up in the same neighborhood. We just found this out before we started talking here on the podcast in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, in Chicago, in Ashburn. Then he was out in Tinley, and now he tells jokes for a living, and he's joining us right now. How are you, Ken? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me today, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me, okay? I, I, I know how busy it can be. Uh, people, I think, assume when you're, you're a West Coaster now, and I know that you're out in the L.A. area and, you know, you're, you're a comedian, so immediately people are probably like, well, he's got all the time in the world. Like he goes and he yeah. tells jokes at night and, you know, he lives on a beach. And first of all, if you drive around L.A., the traffic is so terrible, you really only have four workable hours in the day, I believe. So you actually are a very busy person, I assume. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, we, we you have to make a decision on whether or not it's worth it to go out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you start examining the analytics for all the traffic patterns. You know, you figure out which side streets you're going to take. It's it's pretty bad. You know, Chicago has definitely uh, trained me, uh, you know, for for life in L.A. as far as traffic goes. But, yeah, I had no idea until I got here how how really bad it was. I would say the one weird thing, the one difference as somebody that lived out there for a while and grew up here like like you did uh, is that you will get a traffic jam at two in the morning. Uh, and, an oh, yeah. and you're like, how is this possible? How are this many people out what what the hell is going on here? I don't think you see that that often in Chicago. Yeah, I you know it's kind of funny because I you know my my fire my family are all firefighters in, in Chicago and you know when there's you know God forbid an accident on the Dan Ryan I mean they just they move it over and they clear it in California there's helicopters flying over <laughs> the news shows up they shut down all four lanes of traffic you know what I mean like they bring the family out you know I mean it's like it becomes this whole ordeal. 
And me, meanwhile, like I'm the South Sider going like, just move them over. Like, right. Let's go. Move it on. You Push them off to the side of the road. Figure out who's alive <laughs> later. Well, we got yeah. things to do and people to see. <laughs> Uh, you you titled your comedy special on Amazon Prime American Hero. I watched it. Uh, I I want to I want to promise you I watched the entire thing, and I I love why it's named that. And and what I got out of it was what I've always assumed about comedy. What I've heard from other comedians in my time that I've talked with them is that an awful lot of tragedy and scary things and intense things that get your blood pressure up later become your best comedy bits. And oh, yeah. you got this out of going overseas, uh, I want to say 30 or 50 miles outside of Syria in Iraq, and the entire experience of the crazy landing and the flak jackets and the Marine covered in guns and all the stuff you, you described at the time was probably scary as hell, and now it becomes your big centerpiece to kick off your show, right? Yeah, I mean, it, what an amazing experience. Um, it it kind of just came together very quickly. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, recommended me to someone who books um, Armed Forces Entertainment um, tours for comedians. And uh, one of the people that they had already booked, their passport was about to expire, so it disqualified them. And so I literally got a call that was like, hey, do you want to go entertain the troops uh, in, in a week and a half? is your passport good? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, all right, we'll, we'll give you the details later. And they're like, just, you know, here's your flight and all that stuff. And so like, I literally like really had no idea where I was going. I knew I was going like in the middle East and I just figured I was going to like, maybe some like really like well-established base where like out of harm's way. And no, it wasn't the case at all. I mean, we literally landed in the middle of nowhere artillery being fired within 300 meters of uh, ISIS is, is attacking anti-aircraft stuff going off. And they're like, all right, tell your jokes, funny boy. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Make us laugh and, yeah. uh, and duck every once in a while. That's crazy to me. That's insane. So the one thing I really liked about your special was that you didn't start right off with a, wow, what a rough two uh, years uh, sitting in my house. Cause it seems like every comedy special coming out right now. And I get it. You talk yeah. about things that happen in your life, but everybody's got basically the same take on COVID and you waited a little while and you kind of had a unique take on it. You didn't linger on it very much. How hard is it putting together your act to kind of balance that, knowing that it's a topic that every comedian is attacking and you don't want to do too much of it? Well, for me, it was about, you know, my life has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. I got remarried. Um... And so a lot of that material, I, I just wanted to kind of retire. And that's kind of what you do as a comedian. You, you make a special and you burn through the material and then you just kind of start from scratch. So like right now I'm in the process of like writing out and working on a lot of new stuff. And so for me, it was kind of like, you know, this is the story that I want to tell. Um, I, you know, the wars are over and I'm grateful for that. And hopefully they stay over. Um, but I, you know, I also wanted to honor that experience and, and honor the soldiers that I had had the opportunity and the privilege to go entertain. So, the, the, you know, it was a story that I wanted to open up with. And I thought it was something that was like a very unique to me and, and also could help you understand as an audience member, if you haven't seen me before, like what my voice is and like really what I'm going to bring as far as a theme and a message to the special. So it seemed like the perfect start. And like you said, like every like everyone has pandemic material you know, as comedians, we're writers and we're just we're just writing about our experiences and we all experienced the pandemic. But 
you know, for me, it was just like, hey, let's talk about something else to kind of like let them know who I am as a comedian. No, I dig that. I like that. How, how often do you incorporate your south-sidedness? Because growing up in Ashburn, look, if you grow up in the actual city limits, first off, you tend to tell people that live outside of the city limits and never lived in it. Yeah, you're not really from Chicago. You're from Naperville, for crying out loud. Be quiet. Or you're from Plainfield. Nobody wants to hear it, even though you say you're from Chicago. And I'm sure you run into it out there when people are like, I'm from Chicago, too. And you're like, where? And they're like, Ottawa. And you just kind of laugh at them. So, I mean, how much of what your experience was first growing up uh, in the city in Ashburn and then later in life, you know, you're in Tinley, which is a bustling place as well with its own attitude in the south suburbs that are in that area. How much of that works its way into your comedy? Oh, a ton of it. You know, I'm not, you know, I I don't really talk about politics. I don't really do pop culture. I, I just talk about me. I'm as arrogant as it sounds, but like, that's what I know best. And so I, you know, I grew up in a very unique situation. I come from three generations of firefighters, my grandfather, my father, all of my brothers. Um, my sister is an award-winning principal. Um, you know, I also grew up English Protestant in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. So I like to claim that, you know, I've been a minority my whole life. Right. And so, and so I just, I would walk around and knock on the door and collect taxes, you know, from the old country. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for me, it's like, I I want, you know, I want my experience or your experience as an audience member to be like, this is a guy that I want to have a beer with. This is a guy I could love. I could listen to all day, tell stories. And, you know, especially when you first start up and stand up, like you're only writing about the things that, you know, so I only knew the South side, you know what I mean? I only knew about the bars on Western and, and going, you know, and going to Corrigan's and, Keegan's and, you know, all those bars that we would spend every Thursday night, you know, spending dollar, you know, dollar Miller light night or whatever it was, you know, and then. And Southside girls are a completely different type of girl. My wife is a Southside girl. So I, <laughs> I imported my wife. I literally. God help Southern California. Oh my God. Well, I, I, I dated all kinds of women out here and I'm just like, you know what? I, I go, I got to go get a Southsider. So I did. I, um, my friend, uh, Jen and I were friends for six years. She grew up on the South side. Her father's a firefighter and, um, you know, she got through divorced and I just, I like to say, I like kind of was waiting in the bushes and I just swooped in and, and like grabbed her like a hungry, hungry hippo, you know? So, and, and it worked out, you know, she's been very kind enough to be supportive of my career and moved out to LA. She likes it out here, loves the weather. You know, we don't miss the weather out there. Like, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I like I'm a Southsider. I, I don't ever think you stop being a Southsider, you know? Right. Um, well, I did. I did like that one bit that you had when you were talking about her. You were like, my wife is is too hot for me. Oh, it's 100 percent. I get a kick out of that because let's be honest, you know, this as much as I do. Um, if you can tell some jokes and you do something maybe in public, you all of a sudden start meeting some girls that you're like, why are they even talking to me? Right. I mean, oh, yeah, my my. When I was in high school, the cheerleaders would never talk to me. As a morning radio guy, I ended up marrying a former cheerleader. She's she's smoking. And I have the same thing that you do. I'll be at, like, some function or something like that, and guys are, like, dancing with her. And, like, all, like, you know, they've had a couple of drinks, and all of a sudden they're talking real sweet to my wife, and I get a kick out of it. It makes me feel big. And you were telling that same joke. And I was like, here's a guy. He, He understands this. Oh, please buy my wife a drink. Save me the <laughs> 12 bucks it is right now. <laughs> Honest to God, I don't, I'm not an insecure guy. I don't, you know, I know, I know we're still going home together. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, it, I get a kick out of it. And, and I'm just, I wake up every day grateful 
you know, I always, I always joke. I'm like, I always, like, I, I, I wake up and I give her a kiss in the morning and I just remind her that no one is ever going to love her as much as I do. You know what I mean? It's like, like, I just try to like gaslight her a little bit, you know? <laughs> We're talking with Ken Gar, originally a Southsider, now big time comedian. Want to take a quick moment to remind you that if you've been injured, you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. The insurance companies only care about one thing. Bottom line, the law offices of Parente and Norum. Their team has the experience, dedication, proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve. The law offices of Parente and Norum have recovered over $400 million for their injured clients and their loved ones. For a free case evaluation, Southside Pod listeners, call or text them today, 312-641-5926 or visit pninjurylaw.com. You had a big time job, it seems like, when I read up on you. Like you were making big money. You you were nowhere near comedy, and you make this big life change. What brings about the life change? And how do you all of a sudden just say, I'm going for it? Yeah, so I the you know, kind of the story was, you know, I I always thought I was gonna be a firefighter like my dad, and I you know, it was like my dad brought us to work all the time. And the first time like smoke hit my face, I was like, I'm going to college. Like this, <laughs> this is not, this is not for me. I'm out. I'm, I didn't even pretend, you know what I mean? It wasn't even like, I didn't even fake it. I just, you know, right. This is nothing like backdraft in any way oh, whatsoever. No, my eyes teared up. I, I was coughing. I was like, this isn't for me. I'm going to college. So I did went to college, got my degree in finance um, and worked for in the financial, uh, section for many years. I ended up making, uh, becoming the ma- a managing director at NASDAQ and the Chicago branch. Um, I basically rubbed elbows with the CEO and CFOs of fortune 500 companies. Um, I had a direct line of communication with them to talk about, you know, prize them and what was going on in the markets. But at the same time I had taken classes at second city. I had, I had made it to the actual, um, conservatory program, which is really difficult to get in. Um, I started doing stand-up with um, the guys from Tony and Tina's wedding that were in the basement there at Second City um, at a rugby bar across the street from uh, Second City. So I, and so I just kind of started doing it. And another friend of mine, uh, Denise Ramsden, another Southsider, um, great comedian, um, she was my first friend to do stand-up comedy. And I went and watched her and I was just like, man, I think I, I think I can do this. So, but having grown up in such a blue collar family, it was all about having a pension and always having a job and taking care of your family, taking care of your bills. And so I never had the courage to kind of take that leap. And then when I got divorced from my first wife about 10 years ago, I, I was just miserable. I, I, I was unhappy. I had this like great job. I had all the money in the world, but I was just sad. And every time I was happy, the only time I was ever happy was when I was on stage. And so I told myself and my family, I said, look, you can do anything for a year. Like if I leave the job market for a year, no one's going to be like, no, you can't come back in, especially with the resume that I had built for myself. And, and I had a really cool story to tell. So I wasn't worried about that. I, but I always said you could do anything for a year and you could just try it. And so I, I left uh, NASDAQ and I uh, sold my house, uh, sold all of my possessions. I packed up some clothes and I drove out to Los Angeles and rented an apartment and the rest is history. That was nine years ago. Well, actually it was nine years ago uh, this month that I, I did that. And now I perform every night on some of the best stages in the world, the Hollywood improv, the laugh factory, the comedy store, 
you know, my heroes are my peers and uh, my life is magical. And it's all because, you know, for me, what became important was being happy and not really like money and security. And I, I look, I had some rough days, you know, for a while I was Uber driving, you know, just to make ends meet after the savings had dried up. But you just, you know, it didn't matter to me. To me, like it was just a, a ends justify the means. I was like, I was doing what I had to do so that I could get on stage at night and just become a little bit better as a comedian. That's awesome. What are you doing when you're driving, when you're driving across the country with all your possessions after doing that? Are you are you cranking tunes that literally talk about it? Like you got Billy Joel, my life on there. Now he does a stand up routine in LA. You're belting <laughs> Dude, it out. Got, like, are you doing that? Well, I stopped. Actually, I stopped every night and did stand up on the way out. And I actually got to perform at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Uh, they, they gave me a guest set, which they never do. Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond owns a club out there. And he, I had opened for him in Chicago at the Improv. And he's like, look, we don't do this, but we'll make an exception. And I knocked it out of the park and now I get to perform regularly at the MGM on the, on the strip. Um, but for me, it was just like, I, I remember stopping in like outside of Omaha at a, at a subway and like this guy came in with like his family and, you know, they were like, you know, how kids do when they're young, they're just kind of nagging their dad for extra cookies or whatever. And I'm just like, maybe I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> maybe this was supposed to be my life. I'm like, what do you do? Like there are a couple of times in my life where I, especially like, flying in a C-130 over Baghdad while like there's like we're wearing night vision goggles while there's like lightning storms on the on the horizon. I'm just like, this is really you made a really terrible decision with your life. Right. I mean, it, look, if something bad's going to happen at that point, you want to have a couple of specials out like you want like right. you want to trend on Twitter. If you go down, you don't want it to just be like and there was a comedian on the plane. So I feel like, you know, you got this you got this Amazon <laughs> right. Prime thing now. And like, you know, it feels like you got this growing career. And I think it's exciting. I think for anybody that, you know, I, I, look, you probably had the same thing that I had when I said, I'm going to go off and start doing radio. A lot of quizzical looks like you're going to what? Because I, my family, all police officers, you know, a couple of firing, mainly police. Officers. Same thing you said, pension, you know, you got to have this stability. You should live in this neighborhood. Make sure you send your kids to this school. Like, like you have this expectation. And when you sit there and say, I'm going to pack up my stuff and go do this crazy thing that none of you thought that I was capable of, you get these weird looks. But yeah. now I would think, you know, the South Side also loves its success stories. And you've got a lot, have a lot of people right now who are saying, man, this is super cool. Sky's the limit for Ken Gar. Man, I honestly got it. Like, I would say every other day I get a, just a random note on Facebook or Instagram or something from somebody I went to high school with or somebody from South, the South Side. They're just like, man, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're doing it. Like, and like, and and they always seem to come at a time where I'm just like questioning, you know, cause show business is hard, man. And make, you know, in, in order to make a living in this business, like you, like if you're making a living, you've made it, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I judge my success. Like my bills are paid. I don't have any credit card debt. I got a little money in savings. Like I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I a Bill Burr or a Louis, Louis CK or, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to be Louis CK. Yeah. Right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, am I, am I at that level yet? No, but like, you know, maybe one day I will be, but like, I'm, I'm happy, man. Every day I wake up and I get to do the things that I want to do. And I know there's a lot of people in life that don't have the opportunity to do that. And I'm just really grateful every single day that I get to do that. But you're absolutely right. Like leaving, like people act like, why, why would you ever leave the South side? Like right. we've like, I, we've got jewel here. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> we've got, 
Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we've got rainbow cone. Like what you, we have everything you'll ever need here. Yeah, you know? Where are you going to get a good pizza and an Italian beef? Yeah. You, what are you crazy? Like, yeah. yeah. Sit down, eat, think about it a little bit. That's what you got to do. Uh, before I let you go, <laughs> I, I got to ask you, I, I love asking this uh, question because I, I already kind of know the, the general answer. People, people assume that most uh, folks that get famous or get out in, in public or people they see on their TV or everything like that, uh, you know, there's something different about them, that they're not normal folks. And I think that when you, you get yourself into this world, and we've been lucky enough here on the show, we've got myself and Bill who's on the show have both been, you know, in radio and been in media. We realize that isn't true. Give me somebody that that you've met in comedy or whatever you're doing that you that you that people would be surprised. That's a pretty down to earth, nice person that you you've kind of met out there. You know, I, honestly, almost everybody I've met ha- has been, and and so like the the what I would say about you know celebrities is the reason they're celebrities is because people want to continue to work with them. You know what I mean? And so like I, I had the opportunity to meet Adam Sandler briefly and he just couldn't have been nicer, spent a lot of time talking with me. But here's a, the interesting story is I I actually reached out to Tom Dreesen, who's another Southsider who moved out here in the 70s and, and hit it big, opened for Sinatra for 16 years. And he took me to lunch and he he took me into the locker room at the Toluca golf course uh, and he showed me Bob Hope's locker and next to it was a guy tying his shoes and it ended up being Joe Pesci. And so he goes, he goes, he goes, Joe, this is my good friend. We had just met. He says, this is my good friend, Kenny Gar. He's from the South side of Chicago. And this is Joe Pesci. And I'm like, you know, hi, Joe Pesci. You know what I mean? And right. It's just like right. one of these random me and he's, he's tiny. It ruined every movie for me. He's a tiny, <laughs> tiny man. And I'm like, you can't beat up anybody. Yeah, nothing's like, believable. When he stabs that guy in the eye at Goodfellas, you no longer believe that he could do it. No, he did it on a soapbox. But I mean, he could not have been nicer. <laughs> the nicest guy in the world. We had a nice, good conversation, about four or five minutes. And, you know, but I just thought it was so great that a Southsider like Tom Dreesen introduced me to this, like, bigger than life, not 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 re- in real, you know, and smaller than life. Uh, celebrity. And, you know, honestly, it was like, I've had so many of these moments where I'm like pinching myself, like, is this really my life? Like, I I really can't believe it. So if you're a Southsider and you got a dream, man, go for it. Honestly, if that's what my one message I can share with you today, you can do anything for a year. And if not, you can go back to your job. I promise you. That's awesome. Ken Gower's got a special. It's it's good. I, I watched it. It's American Hero. Uh, it kicks off right away um, good, and it just continues being good. Uh, it's on YouTube, but it's, of course, also on Amazon Prime, and he was nice enough to jump on Southside Pod and visit for a little bit. And, Ken, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I look forward to following your career and seeing what's next. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. OMG. OMG. It's the SSP. It's the SSP. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. It's the Southside Pod. It's the Southside Pod. Switch to a new age of life. If you're unable to get around your home very well anymore or mom and dad having issues, assisted living is not what people want these days. They want to stay in their home. Hyatt Home Medical Equipment is going to make the home into a smart home. Some of this stuff I need in my own house. An app that opens and closes doors. A bathtub I can sit down in. I'm all up for sitting showers these days. If you need diabetes control, they have the latest. If you need a CPAP machine because of the sleep apnea, they have the latest technology for that as well. And testing rooms. 
They're going to lower the chance of a fall in the home. They're going to answer every question. They're going to work with your insurance. They're going to give you a deep discount if you mention Southside Pod. You're going to see everything that they do by going to hhme.com or stop in and see one of their very skilled team members and ask them any question you want. 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. It's now time for your Southside Pop Bulletin Board. And the first thing I want to talk about is something that's new, I've never heard of, and I can't wait to go check out. It is the Dark Arts Market at Sound Growler Brewing Company out in Tinley Park. It's coming up on Saturday, the 22nd of October. A spine-tingling selection of unique, macabre, dark, witty, interesting, special pieces of art and handmade items. The way I'm reading this is, it's at a brewery, so there's beer, there's tacos, and you may find a unique item that can open up a gateway to hell. Just in time for Halloween. 8201 183rd Street, Sound Growler Brewing on Saturday, the 22nd of October. This bulletin board brought to you, of course, by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard and Cool Clouds wants to give you an alternative. They have a full taster bar, great CBD products. They're at 3837 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park or check out all they have to offer at coolcloudsvapor.com. This Saturday, lots of things going on. For the kids, Trunk or Treat in Oak Lawn, noon until 2, 4527 Southwest Highway. Live DJ, food for purchase, and also Trunk or Treat. This Saturday the 15th, starting at 6 p.m., going until 1130, is the Lamont Pirate Pub Crawl. That's all you have to say to me. Raffles, giveaways, some of the bars have live bands. They're raising money for some local charities. Check out LamontDowntown.com for more details. And in Blue Island this Saturday at 6 p.m., it's Rock Across the Bridge at Blue Island Beer Company. I'm counting four bands, several vendors there. 6 p.m. doors, first band at 615, $10 cover at the brewery, 13357 Old Western Avenue in Blue Island. I was just there recently, too. Uh, A lot of good beers on tap. We're going to have to bring Southside Pod back there very soon and talk about what they have to offer in Blue Island at Blue Island Beer Company. This show is going to go a little over 30 minutes. I really enjoy talking to Ken Gar, but we went out to Palos Heights and we learned about a brand new business. So we're going into overtime a little bit. This last segment brought to you by Sid Sauce, locally grown peppers here on the South Side, bottled here on the South Side, delicious hot sauces delivered to your door. See all the different sauces. Trust me, there is one for every type of food. I love my hot sauce and the only hot sauce I buy now and put in my belly is from Sid Sauce at SidSauce.net. All right, we're out in Palos Heights and every time I go to Palos Heights, I have to strongly remind everybody that we are in Palos because the Palos people are constantly complaining that there's not enough Southside pot in Palos. And so what I'm going to do is a little meet the neighbors in Palos. I've been saying I wanted to do this. I, I want to do this in, in every area of the Southside uh, and, and meeting cool businesses, maybe a new business that opened up. This one opened up in February. It's called Heights Cycle. And I am sitting here with Megan Winstrup, who is the new owner of a cycling store. Uh, how are you, Megan? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, first of all, I want to point out that Megan listens to the show. So uh, 
uh, I do. You were listening to Southside Pod, and you wanted to you wanted to talk a little bit about your place. And I, I've walked around it, and I think the first thing that I noticed is a big giant room with exercise cycles. The instructor is sitting up on like a little stage in front of them. Uh, you drop down the lights. There's black lights. There's weird designs on the wall. There's big giant speakers. It seems to me like it's quite a party in there. And you guys get in there and rock. What, what kind of environment is it? when you bring people in to cycle? <laughs> well, I think it's super fun. Um, as you said, it gets really dark in there and the music's really loud and we just do our best to um, motivate and inspire. And um, it's a really high energy, positive place to be. See, cycling to me is more my speed. I'm gonna be honest with you. I have gone to uh, things where I have to run uh, things where I have to run really hard, things where it's like, now you're going to do intense running. I hate running. Running is the worst thing in the world. Cycling's more low impact. I'm one of those people that I notice that when I, every time I say I'm going to become a runner, about two weeks into it, I have some sort of bump on my leg, some sort of clot, some sort of shin splint. My, my body was never made for running. Cycling's more my speed. Do you get people that come in here who are like, I hate running, that's why I cycle? Lots of people that hate running, but I would tell you that I actually started because I was a runner. I decided to really, I was training for a race and I decided to really commit to the indoor cycling as my cross train. And then after I did that, I ran my race and I dropped like a full minute off my per mile pace. Now I'm not like a crazy, awesome athlete or anything, but the point is that I was just blown away and I thought, wow, this really works. and it feels so much better on my body because it, it is, it's easier on your joints. And um, yeah, so then I was kind of like, I think I'm hooked and I kind of think I wanna, I wanna do this because I was blown away by uh, the results. So I, I see these ads, I see the Peloton thing. I see where the people sit on the bike. I think it killed one of the, the, the cast members of Sex in the City, from what I understand, like, like, it, it, right. right? I mean, like, what, did, did that? Did that? Like, first of all, did that hurt business? Like, when when he died on a bicycle, were you like, oh no, that's it for my cycling store? I I, I didn't hear anything about that, to be Good. honest. Good. Yeah. I was worried. I mean, the way that people overreact, seriously. Okay, he's a TV character, but I, like, what what is the difference? First of all, not only is he a TV character, but he was he really that dreamy, like that they make him out to be. I I know I. I think it was more about like their chemistry and their story, but no, especially in this reboot, I was like, oh, Mr. Big, you're not aging well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but what is the difference? I mean, I think this has become like, a, this is a craze. The Peloton thing's a craze. People buy them for, for Christmas. They get there and they have like this virtual uh, coach that coaches them inside of their house. What? There's got to be a benefit, though, or otherwise places like yours wouldn't be opening up uh, to having a big group of people do it together, to having live instruction. What is that benefit? Yeah. Um, the benefit is that when you are surrounded by a group of other, of people, you feed off of their energy, and it's, it's undeniable. Um, I always say that this is like an individual workout in a group fitness in a group fitness experience it's not unlike baseball where you play on a team but there's a lot of individualism in the in the game right so you can have somebody who is like um, you know an Ironman on one bike and then you can have a beginner on the other bike and each person can decide how hard they work and so everyone can work out can walk out having a shared experience but getting their own workout at their own pace and so I guess I would say that's the big difference. On top of that, 
I've been having a lot of Peloton riders come in lately and they keep saying like, I can't, I just can't get over the difference between, you know, being at home by myself and coming in and, you know, the difference in the calorie burn and the experience when you're surrounded by other people. And there's something about leaving your house, booking an appointment and leaving your house and making and, and paying for it um, that keeps you accountable, um, that is getting people to come in, even those that have bikes at home. See, the one thing that always worries me, and I'm, I'm curious, like, your, your thoughts on this. Group exercise rooms, there's several rows of bikes there, right? So, like, if I walked into your group exercise room, I would now be faced with an interesting choice. Do I want to be up towards the front, but then know that my awkward, out-of-shape butt is sticking up in the air and people behind me are looking at it? Or do I want to sit in the back where everybody's going to assume I'm only sitting in the back so I can look at people's butts. Like, is that something that happens in the class? What do you think is the mentality? <laughs> well, I... Seriously, it's a, it's a quandary. It is. It's a real thing. And what I would say is that as a woman, mm-hmm. I have not had those thoughts that much, but I've heard lots of rumbling from male riders about this stuff. And... As an instructor. You don't want to look shady running to the back. You're like, well, that's why he's in the back. But I'm going to the back because I don't want anybody looking at me. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to go where you're comfortable. <laughs> and I will tell you, it's really funny. I just got new retail, um, you know, branded apparel for the studio. And one of the T-shirts that we made said, get off my bike. Because <laughs> people come like a half hour early to get like their bike. Really? So people run in the door, they put their stuff on their bike, they set it up, and then they come back out and like sit down and chat with me. Like <laughs> and somehow bike thirteen is like the bike it's to be. Their on. bike. It's their bike. Yes. Height cycle, uh, not even a year old. I know that oh. you were just telling me you're getting ready for your holiday stuff and you know right after that it's your one year anniversary in February. One of the new businesses here in, in Payless Heights. Uh, if somebody wants to try you out, is there a tryout? thing where like they can just get an individual class before they commit because uh, with anything new people need to sample it first right yes absolutely i always say trying something new is hard so the first time you come in here walking in the door you've won and then we get you all set up on your bike and i said from now on the rest of this is like the whipped cream and cherry on top so um absolutely first class is always free so you can contact the studio um, and we'll get you all set up and we would love to have everyone and anyone who's willing to give us a try all right megan before i let you go plug time you got a website you want to give out the address you want to give out the phone number go for it yes thank you so our website is heightcycle.com we are at 7224 west college avenue in palis heights um, right across the parking lot from Starbucks. And um, the phone number to call is 773-517-1304. I'm glad you reached out to me. I mean, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I wasn't sure if if cycling places existed anymore. Everybody's into these new type of fitness things. And I really didn't know that. And you've got a brand new one. And after listening to you, I am convinced that it probably makes more sense to do it in a crowd. And it sounds like you're having a good time here. I mean, you, yes. there's a lot of laughter in this building. There, there definitely is. And the, we're going to laugh a lot when you and your and your partners come and take class. Oh, yeah, she wants to have us all here. That's, that would be it. We might need video for that one as well. Megan, thanks so much. Thank you. It's the South Side. It's the South Side. It's the South Side Pod. Thanks for listening. Y'all come back now here.